BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome on into the Baseball Insiders on this beautiful Thursday. I am Adam Weiner, joined as always by fansided MLB insider Robert Murray. The NL Wild Card race is on fire. The AL Wild Card race features a choking dog. Interesting. Plus, the new Yankees kids are making baseball fun in New York again. And a couple other kids are getting called up way quicker than we expected through the minor leagues and could potentially impact next season we'll talk about all that and more robert thank you so much for joining me hey it's good to be here as always i know we didn't do a show what was it tuesday but we're hey we're back here you're in a new place now uh loving life man we got a lot to talk about uh this david stearns thing is plenty interesting i got some insight there um so yeah let's uh as we like to say let's get weird adam how are you doing I'm doing good. This truly will be a Let's Get Weird episode. We will talk about David Stern's future as well. People are speculating on a couple of teams. We've been following the leader to one for a while, so it's good to maybe get some straight dope on that as the messages get mixed. Thank you for joining us again today on this feed. Appreciate you being here. Uh, Hope the comment section is lively. Today's show is brought to you by DraftKings. First of all, we're here every Monday, Thursday, typically 3.30 Eastern time. Today's show is we got a special promo for all new users on DraftKings. If you have not signed up, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. One, create an account, deposit that money, wager $5 or more in any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will still receive the $150 in bonus bets brought to you as a new user by our code, baseball insider which you got to use when you sign up that code's on the screen baseball insider gets you the bonus it supports the podcast if you are considering signing up for DraftKings, you haven't yet use the code baseball insider to maximize your first bets this offer is available for new customers who are 21 plus physically present in legal gambling states please remember to always gamble responsibly check the episode description for the full terms of the offer and if you want to have a conversation between shows, again, if you're curious about the promo, I assume you got baseball questions. They're probably not DraftKings questions. The Discord is the place to be. Become a member. Follow us. Subscribe to the channel. Chat with Robert and I in our private Discord. All you have to do is pay that $0.99 cents a month to become a member of the YouTube channel. You get that special access. You get to ask us cues between shows. Whew. All that being said... Robert Murray, in our week away from the show, the NL wildcard race was very briefly a four-way tie. It is no longer, but just because it's not quite that crazy doesn't mean it's not going to be nuts down the stretch. It is 
this is going to be absolutely wild down the stretch. It's like the NL wildcard race. It's, it's basically a toss up between four teams right now. And at some point throughout this, I mean, it's been a little bit since I expected the Padres like to actually have a legitimate chance, but you, you expected them to, to be a team that could end up competing for this. But now they're basically, they're essentially out of this thing. And you look at it, you have the Diamondbacks, you have the Marlins, you have the Reds and you have the Giants and they're all clumped in together. And it's going to end up being one of the, it's, it's arguably the biggest storyline of this next month. And I know we have in the rundown here who we think is going to win that. If like, Nobody knows at this point. It's such a toss-up. Like you can make a case for each team. You can make a case for the Reds with their young talent. You can make a case for the Giants um, with their young talent, as well as like having Logan Webb and Kyle Harrison atop the rotation, along with Alex Webb. Um, you have the Marlins. Although the Marlins' case got a little bit, it's a little bit dampened with the news about Sandy Alcantara and that injury. I know we're going to be talking about that uh, here in a little bit, but. Um, that is the storyline of the next month, and it is going to be absolutely freaking bonkers. Yeah, it's funny. You know, I tried to frame it as who deserves it and who will actually get it, just because at this no. point you can't really predict who's going to take. I mean, look, when, when teams are separated by a half game this deep into the season, you really have to you know, be a master prognosticator to be like, I sniff out the differences between these four teams. I know who it's going to, no one knows who it's going to be. It could be anybody. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of like, look, who do you personally find most exciting and who's in your gut? Who do you think is going to come out and take it? That's why right now, right here at September 7th, Thursday afternoon, I would be most excited if I woke up at the end of the season and you told me, the Cincinnati Reds and all their rookie of the year candidates found their way into the postseason. I think they would give you the most exciting matchup in that wild card series. I think they'd give you the most fun storylines, the highest potential for an electric moment. Ellie De La Cruz aside, I think there are plenty of guys on that roster. CES to give you a walk off memory, right? Like that's the team I'd most want to see in that spot. I think. Yeah. Something about something about the San Francisco Giants is screaming out to me, but that's why I phrased it that way, just because my pick for who I'd be most excited by is the Reds. I don't know if you have a pick that excites you more than the other three. No, and I, I'm right there with you. Like I think the team that would be most exciting is the Reds, and I think the team that ultimately prevails will be the Reds. And I'm betting on that young talent that they have because they have a roster that's basically filled with young rookie of the year candidates and they went on, got Harrison Bader. They got uh, Hunter Renfro. They got two veteran players who I think are going to be pretty important in that clubhouse. Um, and it's, they kind of remind me what they, they don't have the pitching quite yet, but they kind of remind me of the Atlanta Braves when they were first getting this thing going with the amount of talent that they have. And it's going to be on them to keep that thing going and to keep those guys signed long-term and they obviously they did it with Hunter Green. Um, it would not surprise me if they tried doing it with other players, but they tried extending them early um, and following that Alex Anthopoulos method. It's I think that's a team right now that is the team to beat, um, especially with the Marlins losing Alcantara. We don't know how long he's out. We don't necessarily know what that injury is quite yet. He's undergoing undergoing tests to figure out what what exactly is wrong there. 
Then you have the Giants who have lost six in a row. Um, I'm feeling pretty pretty good about them or pretty good about the Reds right now. Um, but I'll I'll tell you that that is a team that if they make it, they have the ability and the talent to beat anyone. The Sandy stuff, obviously, first and foremost, a huge bummer. But secondly, I feel like maybe not even getting as much attention as it should be. I don't think a lot of people across the baseball landscape know that the Marlins occupy this playoff spot right now. Like the the diehards, the baseball insiders, commenters, everybody who we know and love, who we see here every week, like y'all know that the Marlins are in the third wildcard spot. But I don't think the baseball world knows that they currently have that uh, have that lockdown. Obviously, a burner. Uh, check back through the feed later. We will talk about the qualifying offer question that got dropped in there. Try to address it. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Up. It's a great question. For some reason, it was dropped, I think, before the show officially started. So I was not seeing it on my feed. Then I managed to go grab it uh, from looking at the chat. So rest assured, Justin, we will address that later by end of show. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, and maybe we're normalizing pitchers getting lost ahead of you know just you know uh, another guy with a forearm strain oh, that's a bummer we'll move on like we're normalizing tommy john and tommy john adjacent ucl injuries a little too much that is a a huge blow to miami marlins who who've done the work who've beaten the dodgers up the last couple of days and who currently occupy that playoff spot for now so i don't want to shortchange them and i also don't want to understate the devastation of a potential alcantara injury down the stretch because they're playing really good ball Oh, they absolutely are. And and we've seen it in years past. Like when he's on, he's arguably the best pitcher in the National League and can even make the case in Major League Baseball. He's he's flat out dominant. And I wonder because like there's been no update about his injury status quite yet, at least as of last check on Twitter for me. Yeah. Um, but if he, if he is out an extended amount of time, you have to wonder what that's going to do for clubhouse morale. Because, I mean, you, you're going into the stretch run and you'd be missing your best player. I, I wonder about that. I'm, I don't want to say anything now because we don't have the answers quite yet, but that is one that um, that, that could have a ripple effect for that organization if it's if it's as bad as, um, as some people fear. Yeah, and that is probably something we are going to be dealing with and delving deeper into on Monday when we know a little bit more. We're going to talk about the San Francisco Giants. We've got a Giants question in the comments, and you have the Giants on choke watch. And uh, hey, I get it, right? Pretty big losing streak. I'm going to mm-hmm. make the case for I'm going to make the case for the Giants taking this final wild card spot uh, based on schedule alone uh, and infrastructure. I believe in that core. I believe in Gabe Kapler. I think experienced manager down the stretch helps. I'm looking at that schedule too. They're they're only a few out. They're further out than the D-backs. They are further out than the Reds. Rockies, Cleveland, Rockies. They get Arizona, but only for two. And they finish at home against the Dodgers. If they are still within a couple, if let's say they get it to a game or they're occupying the spot in that final series. I don't think Gabe Kapler and company are going to let the San Francisco Giants go out small against the already clinched the West Dodgers. Uh, I also worry about what the Diamondbacks have to deal with. They have seven left with the Chicago Cubs and a series against the Houston Astros. So they're not going to get that's that's half of their remaining 20 or so games on the docket. And the one other factor that I don't think a lot of people are talking about, but I'm going to make sure that we talk about it, 
everybody penciling the Cubs into that number two wildcard spot. You sure about that? They're only a couple of games behind the Milwaukee Brewers at this point, who we may need to discuss for one of these two remaining wildcard positions by the end of the weekend. I'll tell you, Adam, the the Cubs being this close in the NL Central race was not necessarily something that I I saw at all. Uh, I thought they maybe were about a year away because I think they're going to be pretty active in free agency this year or this offseason. And I, I thought they were going to be a possible contender for a wild card team, like maybe the third wild card spot, but not not this. And I think that organization deserves a lot of credit. And I, I will. As far as like the schedules go, it does not get it does not get much tougher than it does for the Arizona Diamondbacks ten this season here. Having basically half their schedule being against those teams. Although that being said, I mean the Astros are they're they're flawed. Uh, they're not the perfect team that they were in recent years. Um, the Giants' schedule, on the other hand, that uh, much easier. But that being said. That organization is dealing with a roster that's kind of in flux right now. And we got to see it with some of their recent roster moves as well. Um, I mean, Patrick Bailey injured. Um, and then they also sent down Wade Meckler, who I remember at the time that they called him up. I had um, I had somebody tell me that he was basically, if everything goes right, he's going to end up being Jeff McNeil of the Mets. But that being said, that same person said that was an awfully aggressive promotion and it could end up backfiring because he had limited experience uh, in the upper part of the minors. They called him up because he was just raking and it, it, like he deserved the call up. But the the lack of experience, it hurt him. And I wonder if his confidence is going to end up being something that um, is, is impacted by it because his struggles. And there was some there was some really low lows there for him. Um but as far as the Giants go, they have the front line pitching where they can end up really making some noise here. Do they have enough offense? That I don't know. But their pitching staff, headlined by Webb, Cobb, and, and Harrison, is very good. Yeah, I guess not every mustachioed guy named Wade is Wade Boggs. Some of them just turn out to be Wade Meckler when they're first promoted. And it's not over for him, but that early promotion knocked back to where you were before bruised ego type thing. I think that's why a lot of us were nervous about, Hey, why are the Yankees calling Jason Dominguez up in September in a lost season? Like you're worried about the same aggression and Dominguez has responded in a different manner, but that's a real, that's a real fear. Oh, it, it absolutely. I'll tell you though, I, I give the Yankees credit because we, we had given them a hard time on this podcast. Oh, I've been kicking not, their ass for months. Yeah. Yeah. And like we, we not, we kicked them while they were down and I, you got to just return the favor and you got to praise them while they're doing this. And they've, they've been on a recent string here of just really good baseball. And it's after they called up the kids and Jason Dominguez, I'll tell you, should we just get in? Should we get into that part of the show now? Or yeah. do you want me to save that? Oh no, let's, let's move into the Dominguez stuff. Cause look, the, the Yankees are, I, I don't actually think the Yankees are going to pull an off season extension here, but no. I do I do feel like you got to at least consider it after looking at the Braves model. Dominguez is in the Mickey Mantle class in his first five games in major leagues. Yeah. And I'll tell you, like it's, it's an, it's a really interesting conversation for the Yankees here because they have, um, I mean, they've done early extensions before. Um, and I mean, 
They they basically well, I wouldn't count Aaron Hicks as an early extension. Kind of. Yeah, they tried to do Aaron Hicks and Luis Severino in the same offseason. Hicks yeah. was you know twenty seven. I think they looked at the center field market. They didn't see anybody coming down the line. They wanted more. That was a mistake. But they didn't. They didn't see anybody. Could have had Brandon mm-hmm. Nimmo money. Didn't is what it is. Severino, everybody celebrated that at the time. Cheap extension, only bought out a little bit of time. Then, of course, he fell apart, too. So two cautionary tales in a row. But now we're in a new era. We are in a new era. And Dominguez is about as heralded of a prospect for the Yankees as they've had, I mean, in in recent time. I mean, obviously, they've had Anthony Volpe. They've had Aaron Judge. But Dominguez, you've basically known about this guy since he's a teenager. And it was a long-awaited debut and he's done really well for himself. And you wonder how these, how teams are going to adjust and how he's going to end up faring once these these teams have more scouting reports on him. But his talent is second to none. And the Yankees exploring an extension with him would make sense. And um, will it result in a deal? My guess is it's probably unlikely. But that being said, I will say this. Um, Dominguez is represented by the same agency as Corbin Carroll, uh, who did an early extension with the Diamondbacks earlier this year. And um, Dominguez is young enough now. He's 20 years old. Let's say he does an eight-year deal, um, which I don't I don't know necessarily how that would line up with his arbitration and free agency years. But for let's just say it's an eight-year deal. It would take him through his age 28 or 29 season and get him into free agency in his prime. And he would end up being able to make just an absolutely astronomical amount of money if he lives up to that potential. I think it makes a lot of sense for Dominguez to consider. I think it makes sense for the Yankees to consider as well. As I said, I think it's unlikely, but there's a lot of logic here. Of all the silly things the Yankees have done the last couple of years, it's hard to give any one of them the silliest. Probably the dumbest one was the Josh Donaldson trade. But <laughs> that kind of that was that was I'll, I'll call it right now. That was the worst trade in my life as a as a baseball reporter. That was yeah. brutal. Yeah, it was. So that's one. You know, it's the top of the pyramid. You can't really compare anything to that. But somehow managing to let Aaron Judge get all the way to free agency, even though you talked to him the offseason prior, you floated some low ball 200, 220 million or whatever the offer was, you cost yourself. You can't say you cost yourself 140 mil because he was already worth more than 200, 220, but it got all the way up to 360. You paid it anyway. Who knows if he signs for 260 the offseason before he hit 62 homers? Who knows if you can get him for 200 the season prior to that? 180. I mean, all these, the number gets higher as you get into free agency. So if it's not this offseason for Dominguez after 20 games, Maybe you got to do it next offseason. You should start mm-hmm. thinking about Anthony Volpe. You should start thinking about funneling money to the Yankees Foundation. Whatever it is, now you have a new generation of kids that you have to handle before they hit free agency. You're the Yankees. You don't outbid people in free agency anymore. You don't outbid other teams for their best scouts and their best internal minds. And you you mm-hmm. never replace your GM if you can't risk a hundred million on Jason Dominguez, then what are you going to use that money for? No, exactly. And I'll, I'll tell you too, is, is the Braves have been able to keep all their guys. I mean, they obviously lost, they lost Freeman and, and Swanson, but they kept the rest of the core together. 
and they went out and got Sean Murphy and Matt Olson in trades uh, because they were proactive in getting these guys signed to team friendly deals. And the Yankees, they've kind of, they've stalled in that. They, they did not do that with judge. They went out and traded for Stanton and immediately signed into a huge contract. They've added some other big names in free agency um, and, and paid premium dollar, obviously Garrett Cole. Like, I mean, that, I don't think you can say anything wrong about that signing at all. Yeah. Um, but like letting those guys get to free agency and letting the market dictate their price has impacted their ability to build that roster. And if they're proactive in signing Volpe, if they're proactive in signing Dominguez and some of these other guys, this new era of Yankees baseball could be a lot better than it has been in recent years, because especially this year, it has been for the most part, pretty piss poor. <laughs> piss. The piss has been poor until like a week, <laughs> until like a week yeah. ago. <laughs> you know, it's going to be a good show when you mention the phrase piss poor. I'm, I'm sure I'll be getting a text from my dad in a little bit about that one. You know, what's funny about that phrase is it's kind of a normal phrase. It's way too normal a phrase. Like people say that a lot and you Do never they? really stop and go, you, did you say piss? Yeah, I guess I didn't know that was a common phrase. I, well, maybe that isn't in Arizona quite yet, but uh, <laughs> I know it is back home in Sheboygan Falls, Wisconsin. So, um, yeah, New York, I think I heard it on the F train yesterday. I think I heard it on the path this afternoon. So, who, yeah, I, I'm going to start using it more though. There you go. We're bringing it back, baby. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Speaking of, though, like, Look, the, the AL wildcard race, more settled than the NL, but not settled. I, I can't put the Yankees back in it. I refuse. No. The Red Sox are at the fringes. They're there. Um, but it's really coming down to the reason that we're even opening it up is because the Texas Rangers have been the chokiest of choking dogs. We we cool. raised the alarms a couple weeks ago. We said, do we believe in this slide? Is this for real? How deep does this go? It's hard to really say, oh, yeah, they're going to blow their huge lead. You know, they're going to be a 140 run differential team that's out of the playoffs because they have Max Scherzer. They have Nathan Evaldi. How Jordan Montgomery, how far is this really going to go? As of this recording, they're out of the playoff picture. The Blue Jays, who I don't really believe in either, are in that third slot. The Rangers just got gave up 16 home runs in a three-game series to the Houston Astros. That's absurd. Jose Altuve homered four times in four at-bats. That's absurd. Um, and we gotta, we gotta call them out. We gotta put the spotlight on them. They're, they're not in the playoffs right now. If the season ended today. I, I wonder, so their run differential 
is plus 139. Would that be the most of any team that has not made the postseason? I, I wonder about that. I, that sounds like a question for Sarah Langs. Yeah, um, if you told it, me it's true, I'd believe it. Yeah, because it, it's it's baffling that we're at this point with the Rangers because that is a star-studded roster. Obviously, there's some flaws to it, but there's that's a really talented roster. And they ended up going and getting Max Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery at the deadline. And at that point, we're not just thinking of them as like a team that could run away with the division. We're talking about them being a prominent contender to win the like the American League and then also win the World Series. And here we are now with what 20-ish games left in the season, and they are a half game back of the Toronto Blue Jays in the for the third wild card spot. That is the collapse of all collapses. And there's seemingly no end in sight, especially after Max Scherzer's recent outing. Because when you go out and get Scherzer, you expect him to be the enforcer, the guy if that you're struggling, you put him on the mound and everything is going to be okay. The fact that his start just kind of continued it, uh, <laughs> not good, not good at all. And I think now is a time when, as a Rangers fan, if I was a Rangers fan, which I'm not, but if I was, I'd be pressing the panic button now because it is, this is do or die time and they are not. This is not going well. No, they are currently dying. Uh, and, and this is underrated a franchise without a World Series victory. They were a Nelson Cruz fly ball to the wall away from winning in 2011. But they do not have a, a flag to their name. They got pennants. They don't have a trophy. This felt like a year when they were matching world-class offense with a rotation that had superstars at the front and veteran moxie in the back. And... Here they are out of the postseason. You want to talk schedule. The Blue Jays and Rangers play a four-game series in Toronto next week. That is a doozy. That's the most important series of the year for them, even more important than the Astros series where they just got swept at home. Then a one-series gap, and then Boston comes to Texas for three. Uh, So Boston's going to have trouble getting in that wild-card spot because – right beforehand, either Texas or Toronto is going to continue, you know, to, to take that stronghold because, mm-hmm. you know, only only one can lose every day for that four-game series. So I guess if you're a Boston fan, you're rooting for a split. But that Texas-Toronto series, all eyes on them all of a sudden. Yeah, and, and good news for that series, by the way, is there's Jose Bautista and Rogan Ordor are not going to be end up playing in that series. So there's going to be no punches to the face. At least, at least, well, since they're not playing, you, you never know, I guess. But um, that is going to be about as critical of a series as you could possibly imagine for the Rangers. And their backs are against the wall, four-game series in Toronto, and that is a pretty hostile environment. And... I think they have the right voice at the helm that if in Bruce Bochy, he's about as calm of a voice as, um, as you can possibly hope for. He's been in these kind of situations. He's seen everything in baseball. You know, there's somebody that who knows how to get them out of this is going to be Bochy. Um, but man, that series is going to be absolutely wild. And if they end up losing three or four, or if they get swept, then I think at that point, we're going to be talking about one of the biggest collapses in recent and even maybe entire major league baseball history. Like that would be stunning. And it happened by September 7th. It's already kind of happened. They can still write the ship and salvage it, but the collapse has already occurred. Uh, oh yeah. And I, you got to think too, um, 
This is another thing that I've, I've been thinking about too. And I've had conversations with, with people around baseball about this too. Let's say that the Rangers just collapse and they miss the postseason altogether. Does that make them more aggressive in pursuing Shohei Otani? I think it does. I 100% think it does because that owner clearly wants to win. Their general manager, Chris Young, clearly wants to win. They've secretly signed, like, they obviously everybody and their mothers knew that the Rangers were going to be spending big money last year in the pitching market, but nobody knew that they were willing to go five years for Jacob deGrom, um, especially at that dollar amount. If they're, if, if they're willing to go five years at that dollar for deGrom, what are they going to be willing to do for Otani, who I think is deserving of possibly three times as much as what deGrom got? I think that is a team that no matter what should not be slept on in the Otani sweepstakes. I think that is a team, if there is ever a team that could compete with the Dodgers for Otani services, I think that one's it. That is the way that I feel like you've been leaning all year, and it's only getting a little more intense as they lose grip on a playoff spot. That makes perfect sense. Yeah, see, I mean, hey, every now and then I can make some sense. But that one, I feel, yeah, I, I think the Rangers are the sleeper team for for Otani. Let's, I don't even know if it's a sleeper at this point, but I got my eyeballs firmly on them. It's a scary reality, and so is the potential of the Mets fulfilling their destiny and becoming the East coast Dodgers that they claimed they were trying to be when Steve Cohen took the reins. And that is where we'll have our little conversation about David Stearns because uh, for a long time, you and I have been going back and forth on feels like a nice option for the Mets. When can the Mets talk to him? Do the Mets have the inside track here? Where does Billy Epler go? If Stearns joins the organization, et cetera, this past week, there was a little Astros buzz with Stearns, who is able to uh, who is able to converse with interested teams after August first. So he's now officially able to have these conversations under the radar. Uh, the Astros joined the fray. Dana Brown maybe didn't know there'd be a president of baseball ops conversation in Houston. That's a conversation for another day. But where the wind's blowing right now, do you still feel like the Mets are at the forefront of this conversation, or or have other teams really joined the fray? I think there is there is outside interest in Stearns besides the Mets and with the Astros being among those teams. But I think the the strongest likelihood right now is um, is Stearns ending up with the Mets. And there was a report from The Athletic that they're far down the road. I cannot independently confirm that, but the stars have just seemed to align or seem, have seemed to align on that for quite a while. Um, the Mets have coveted Stearns for years and the Brewers owner, Mark Antanasio, uh, de- denied the, the Mets permission to interview him because they really wanted Stearns in Milwaukee. And this past year he stepped down. Um, there was a lot of different factors that went into that decision for Stearns. Um, but taking some time away and um, I, I think was really good for him because people that have been around him have called him rejuvenated, re-energized, like you name it. Um and I think the Mets were the team that he grew up watching. Um, I think that is, I think it's a perfect fit. And the fact that they have Billy Epler there, I don't think has, is any issue at all. I think that's actually a good thing for Stearns because those two, from what I understand, are pretty close and it's, it's going to be a good dynamic there. He's going to have a lot more resources in the, in with the Mets than he would in Milwaukee because he was always restricted to a pretty low budget. And he, 
every year he basically exceeded expectations in Milwaukee. So, and I think that's ultimately what forced him to move Josh Hader. And I, the Brewers owner, Mark Antanasio, he threw Stearns under the bus. And I remember after that trade, after that trade happened and it did not work out, Antanasio threw him under the bus and I caught a lot of people in the industry off guard and I can't, yeah, it's, that's why Josh, I know you're asking if Stearns could come back to Milwaukee. I think I, I, there's, a, there's a saying that I like to say, I think there's a better chance that I end up dating Taylor Swift and Stearns returns to Milwaukee. I don't see that happening at all. And I think he's going to go to the Mets. Adonazio threw him under the bus. Steve Cohen was driving that bus. It would appear. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he was. And I'll tell you, money talks and we know one thing. Cohen's got a lot of it and he's not afraid to spend it. He'll never be afraid of anything as far as I know. Um, Well, let's uh, before we go, let's do a couple of questions uh, from the crowd. I want to make sure that we hit Justin's uh, regarding potential qualifying offers. And Rozu, we're going to hit on uh, your Giants questions as well. Although your question about how sports reporters get insider news, is there a secret network? There is actually, and it's called the Baseball Insiders Discord channel. If you subscribe and become a member on our YouTube channel, you will have access. I'm, of course, make a little bit of a cheeky joke, but you will have inside access to Robert. My thoughts, our takes, we'll be able to, you'll be able to feed us questions in between shows. We'll answer them as best we can. You might even be able to inspire topics for the next live show. So if you are not yet a member, you're interested in learning more if you want to join us every single day in the discord as opposed to just mondays and thursdays uh please do please join that channel now let me uh, actually i want want to answer his question because i don't know if he's like an aspiring journalist or or but like if if you want to start building a network of sources um i would recommend reaching out to as many different people as possible in baseball whether it's like agents or scouts or it's executives or players or um and and making yourself seen and building those relationships because relationships i'm in a i'm in a relationship driven industry uh that's how i've been able to break a lot of different news uh throughout baseball on my age is just relationships and not trying to rush it too fast um and it's it's a lot of fun it's a lot of work it's led to some long days but i'll tell you if you want to do that and it's your passion it's really rewarding it's a lot of fun yeah, put yourself in the arena and uh, just be be kind, be good to people. Start forming bonds, and and you'll be able to yeah make those moves like Robert. Hopefully, um, although then Robert will edge you out for scoops at the finish line, and you'll be like, why did I do this in the first place? But yeah, because yeah, I'll tell you, Jeff Passan makes me ask those same questions. That's, that's <laughs> yeah, then, yeah, then yeah, I can't I can't reveal some of the texts that Passan and I have had. It's it's good competition. It's a lot of fun and. Um, and I'll tell you too, that's a, one thing that's really surprised me about getting into this industry is how supportive like guys like Pass and Heyman and Rosenthal are and Joel Sherman too. Uh, all those guys have taken me under their wing and been really good to me. So I really appreciate them for that. Well, there you go. Uh, maybe an answer you didn't expect, but there you got it. Uh, well, let's, let's do the qualifying offer before we sign off. Um, Justin's wondering who's going to receive it. He estimated 12 because it wouldn't be a Justin comment if he didn't do the homework. So kudos as always uh, to Justin here, but he's guessing Otani, Cody Bellinger, Aaron Nola, Julio Arias, Blake Snell, Matt Chapman, Reese Hoskins, John Gray, Josh Hader, Teoscar Hernandez, Whitmerfield, Jorge Soler, and JD Martinez. Uh, 
Harrison Bader, I would have thought would be a conversation before the Yankees decided to waive him. So he's no longer on the table. The Julio Urias conversation is a whole big can of worms. I don't actually know uh, one way or another. I don't know if he does receive that after the, the, you know, the, the arrest over the uh, past couple of days, but do any other names come to mind immediately? And do any of these names listed scream, Hey, he's not getting the QO to you. I think uh, something happened to Robert Murray's feed there. Uh, Maybe I scared him with the sheer number of qualifying offer names I listed. Uh, Rest assured he'll be back. Shortly we'll be able to address this before we sign off. But Justin, at first blush, what I'm looking at here, uh, I worry about Whit Merrifield getting a one-year. That qualifying offer is tripping over $20 million this year. So are you re- are you willing to say, hey, I'll, I'll pay $20-plus million for one year of Whit Merrifield? Uh, that worries me. But the And Reese Hoskins as well. I wonder if he and the Phillies won't just come to a high-dollar one-year deal <laughs> In the interim, Robert, I went nuts. I started, I started picking these names off the list. But I, I wonder if anyone else on this list you're looking at immediately and going, ah, one year, twenty-ish million dollars. That's too risky. Yeah, I would. Yeah, Passing did cut the internet. That bum. I think there's, <laughs> there's a, there's a couple of guys in there that I, I would be a little hesitant about. I think Whit Merrifield is one of them. That's um, what I said. <laughs> yep, and a little. I don't know about Jorge Soler either, um, and JD Martinez as well because he just. He's what thirty-five years old. He signed a one-year for ten million-dollar deal with the Dodgers. I can't envision him getting double that in terms of a qualifying offer, especially with how many injuries he's dealt with this year. So I think those are three guys that I would not necessarily um, expect to get the qualifying offer this year. Yeah, well, maybe T. Oscar Hernandez too, but I, the way that he's bounced back um, could make an interesting conversation, I guess. 20 million is a lot. And, and I, the only other name I said was I feel like Hoskins coming off the injury, what he means to Philadelphia. Maybe there's a chance that the Phillies just go, we're going to help you reset your market again. Maybe it's a long-term deal with us. Maybe it's somewhere else. But how about we forget this whole qualifying offer thing and we just do one year, 14, 15 million instead of 20. And then you get back after your next offseason, we'll talk again. That That's the only other one that makes me go, there might be some middle ground there. Oh, no, for sure. And I, I also wonder too, is like, could there be another Tyler Anderson situation where like the Dodgers ended up extending him one last year? And I thought he was primed to accept it. And then the angels swooped in at the last second and got him to a three year for $40 million contract. And that did not work out. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of different scenarios here that could end up playing out with the qualifying offer, but um, yeah, that's those are the last three. Um, in particular that we mentioned before, I think those are the more, those are like probably 50, 50, maybe 25, 75. I mean, you can make the case, but I think they're more unlikely than anything. Well, we hope that answers your question. Despite Jeff passing, taking a hatchet to the internet in the middle of the show. I still think we got it out pretty well. Uh, Next week. We hope you'll join us again. We'll be back. Same schedule Monday and Thursday, 3.30 Eastern. I will be, uh, I'll actually be away for Thursday, so we will not be doing a live show on Thursday, but we'll have something pretty exciting for you in that slot anyway. It's recording tomorrow. I keep having to pinch myself and knock on wood. I can't believe, like, is that real? I don't, I just kind of can't believe that's really happening, but I I think it is, so we'll have something. If you like Tom Glavin, you're probably going to like this one too. That's, That's really all I'll say until it goes live. 
but Robert, it's been a pleasure as always. We hope you answered all of your questions and you can't uh, find a better spot than uh, the Discord if you want to join us between shows and answer more questions. The promo code again for DraftKings. Today's sponsor is Baseball Insider for all new users. Whew. It's been, a, it's been a rough one getting back in the swing of things, but Robert, I think we did it. Hey, we absolutely did it, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm thankful we did it. I'm thankful to be here with you. Um, great show today, as always, my friend. I appreciate everybody for commenting. We had a pretty active comment section today. Um, after taking Tuesday off. So I appreciate all you guys. Adam, what? We have a big interview tomorrow. So I'm pumped about that. That is going to be one of the biggest interviews, I think, in Baseball Insider history, uh, which could even rival Fernando Tatis Jr. I'll, uh, I'll I'll leave you guys with that. It's We got we got ourselves a big one here. So it um, yeah. should be a good time. And they appear to be giving us 20 minutes, which I keep being like, man, that's, that's, a, lot of, that's a lot of time to give – Little old me, but I mean they're nowhere big time. So we uh we love that. So that's that's gonna be a freaking good time, man. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Stay tuned to the feed for that, of course, presuming they don't duck out of the last second. But I think they're serious. They sent us an email today. Um, we'll see you live on Monday as well to answer more of your questions with an update on the races with a little more information. Uh, shout out to you as always, Robert, for being the MVP. Shout out to producer Joanne. For crushing it. Shout out to the comment section and all our friends, old and new. Woo! I'm about to go to Yankee Stadium to see Jason, the Martian Dominguez in person, hopefully put on a little bit of a mini show. Maybe a big show, maybe not a show at all. It's exciting to be in the room. What can I say? And it'll be exciting to be in the room again with you, Robert, on Monday. Can't wait for it. Enjoy Yankee Stadium. Say out of the Martian for me. Um, and we'll I'll see well, I'll see you tomorrow, Adam. Yeah. And I'll see everybody else on Monday. Yes, sir. Take care until Monday. All of y'all, you're the reason we do the show and we can't wait to see you again. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.